welcome to the 56th episode of the Rumble Pack podcast, where we are coming together to talk about a game that I played a few months ago, but our dear William here finally revisited recently, and in secret, mind you, and discovered that he loved the bloody thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is it, is it, for starters, is it really number episode 56? Is that right? Uh, it is. We, we've done 55 in the past, and I reckon um, 56 is um, comes around in due course. Yeah. How many do you reckon we've done overall? Uh, I think we talk about this every time, about 113. <laughs> nah. Uh, I think it's like 85 or something. 85. 86. Is this episode 56? I don't know. Oh, I thought you were calling me out. No, I wanted just you to be certain. I, I actually don't know. Do you want me to certain? Really, I did uncertain. type. A, I made a folder for it about five minutes ago, and I wrote the episode number, but I don't remember. Yeah, that doesn't matter. And that's what I'm working with, folks. An idiot it doesn't. <laughs> an idiot that played an idiot's game and won. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, I don't know. If that makes an idiot. Came out, <laughs> and came out the bigger idiot. Yeah, yeah. So this is a pretty cool game. I got to say, I think it's uh, something that I mentioned. In one of the sort of free for all episodes, that I enjoyed it in the twenty hours I had with it uh, in playing just the story, but I feel like I needed about fifty hours to fully appreciate yeah. it. But you put in a similar amount of time and had probably uh, you probably experienced it way more than I did. Still, somehow I didn't skimp out on anything. Yeah, which is crazy. I just didn't think I had time to do all the side missions and things like you did. Yeah, but I don't turns know. out I did. Yeah. I just I fart ass around a lot. I think it was like twenty eight hours or something. Well, I mean, I'm 20 hours ahead of you on Pokemon. I'm reckoning I'm about 5% further in the game. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what I do with I'm my time. I'm just efficient. Yeah. Have we announced what game we're talking about? Or did you uh, we're talking about uh, Cybermon Gen 2077. Yes. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk 2077. You sound like V. That was more V, but I was going for um, Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> that was so more... No, I can't do it. I, I, can't I, do I it. just remember in the pre-release, there was so much Keanu Reeves in the things, and he was like, cyberpunk. He like, had to say it all like grungy every time. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, to get Keanu Reeves right, you just have to take every bit of personality out of the voice, and you're there. Uh, yeah, give it a go. Cyberpunk. 2077. 20, 20, Wake up, Samurai. No, I, did, <laughs> I did it really well yeah. when I was talking to you and Jake, remember? Yeah, you but did. But in my mind, I can't, I don't know how to configure my mouth to work it out right now. Yeah. I was trying mouth, to do a Devonshire accent today. Your mouth did not, not, did not look configured. I was watching it. <laughs> I did a Devonshire accent for someone today, an English person, of course, because I low key love a good mocking. Um, and. I was just trying to channel my my inner Hagrid. Low key, hey. Yep. Uh, I was trying to channel my um my inner Hagrid, and of course uh, the characters from Hot Fuzz because that's it in Devonshire. And I got there after three goes, but a couple of people left after my first attempt and didn't hear me nail it. But I assure everyone <laughs> that's I how it always is, right? I'm, yeah, I nailed it. So I need a bit of off air time to get Keanu right. Like um, me telling everyone I know about your cronk voice, and then you do it to people, and it's a meltdown every time. Yeah, I need to. It's a spirit of the moment thing. Mm. Um, uh, spirit, spur of the moment. Um, th- those things. Both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. I need. I need. I need to just do it uh, without the um, without the challenge. 
There's no pressure, man. I'm a one-line specialist, and people think get ahead of themselves when I do something well, and they think, yeah, well, you can do that person perfectly. I'm like, that's all I got. I've got them saying someone else's name. I said an idea. Like putty. I said an idea for a bonus episode. A live reading of the Emperor's New Groove script, <laughs> yeah. and we're going to play all the roles. You can be David Spade for we're sure. Just gonna, <laughs> we're just going to do all the roles. Yeah. Reagan? That'd be fun. Is that my voice? <laughs> that's um, pretty good. I you think... Talk, yeah. <laughs> Oh, just, you know, Putty is like, you know, when it was stupid, you stupid. But see, I don't know, it's like a sort of That's your worst ever. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. I'm not. It's not good. It's, uh, but but everyone, rest assured, uh, we will we will come back to this and I'll nail it. We will be a good David Spade. But we're here to talk I, about. Yeah, I have a mediocre cronk in the vein of yours. I've tried to yeah. impersonate it and it's like, hey, okay. Hey, ghost girl. Hey, ghost girl. Hey, hey, ghost girl. <laughs> hey, Kuska. Hey, oh. yeah, Yzma. <laughs> I think I coach you into just doing the, the open mouth bit in yeah. there. The, uh, <laughs> hey, Kuska. Uh. Yeah. That Hey, Peter. Yeah. It's all, yeah. It's easy when you're saying names, but as soon as there's any sort of. Uh, I'll say spinach puffs. Oh. <laughs> My spinach puffs. That's not, I don't know. Hey. Let's talk about 1996. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Our anchor in the other episode. Yeah, yeah. Cyberpunk. Yeah. What a, a, a game. Let's be honest, though. The only reason that anyone cared about Cyberpunk in the first place is because of The Witcher 3 and yeah. City Project Red. And why did we care about The Witcher 3? Because, uh, it's because sex sells. Sex, yeah. Uh, the Boulder's, Boulder's Gate is um, proving that again. The only thing I've heard about the game is, yeah, it's really good. Why? Uh, sex. Really? Yeah, there's, there's like, it's um, the animation is hyper-realistic almost. And people <laughs> are loving it. Though people are talking about So that's sex why yeah, all the yeah, nerds yeah. are up and about. Yes. About Boulder's Gate. Yep. This game series that I'd never, ever even heard of. Yeah, it's actually it was actually that's not true. I think I'd heard of it like once or twice, but I I know what it was. Anything now, all of a sudden, it's supposed everyone's like, oh, it's got to win game of the year. Well, yeah. In in um the actual working title for it was uh Blue Boulders Gate. <laughs> yeah, what's it? Yeah. Wow, that's some good insight. Yeah, from you. Uh, I admit that I've been wanting to. I've been looking forward to talking about Cyberpunk since finishing since finishing the game in the shadows. Yeah. Do not we- not telling the crew what I was playing. Cause sometimes it's nice to just play a game without the pressure pressure of you sniveling snoopers breathing down my neck, wondering if I've, you know, played some EA or Ubisoft garbage yet. Alright. Sometimes you just need to take it easy and I just gotta walk away. And get shit done. You got any, any impressions of a snooper? No. I did it for myself. <laughs> what I a surprise. For the rock. For the rock. <laughs> I did it for the people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I did it. You did. I played it. You did. And, and tip, so tip, did of you. Hat, tip of the hat to you. <laughs> tip of the hat to you. Yeah, I did it as well, but yeah. I broadcasted it fairly um, f- fairly loudly at the time. Yeah, but you love broadcasting. 
I do. Uh, that's why I'm here today, um, and that's why, <laughs> why we're going to kick off our own radio show. That's why you got into the into the biz. Yeah, that's right. the biz. It's just biz. It's just biz. All right. One of the great <laughs> recurring lines from Cyberpunk. And, and a word I dropped as a hint many times in our group chat while I was playing it to see if anyone would pick up on any of my lingo. I was saying all the words in the in our group chat for a month. Yeah. In in sentences and no one picked up on it. It's weird though. I can't say I've ever been that into like the cyberpunk aesthetic or anything like generally. Like you I loved alt- you love Alter. Well, no, I was going to say like I haven't I haven't seen like Blade Runner for instance. I know that's like cyberpunk film. But I did enjoy Alter Carbon. And but and I even got you on to that you show did. Yep. And, and before I got cancelled by Netflix. Classic. Which I like to call them. Net, net jerks. Yeah, shit flicks. Yeah, yeah it's better. Mm. Uh, yeah, I just don't know. Like, I don't really understand what it cyberpunk is supposed to be. Like, I know it's like futuristic setting, like advanced robotics. But like, what's the deal? Like, I don't, I don't really get it. The whole point of these sort of uh, storylines, and you, you'll probably, if you play Detroit Become Human, which is a really fun... Um, Game. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what it's called. It's sort of like a scripted on rails game. It's like a, it's like a sim, like a sort of, yeah, like a like a story interactive movie almost. Interact, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, um, and yes, Blade Runner. I think all the, all these sort of things. They basically try to paint the picture of what it would be like in the future if everything goes as we imagined with all the futuristic, uh, you know. Uh, possibilities um sorry technological possibilities all this sort of thing how people will be different uh and i think every single time these stories uh come out they're always very harrowing Mm. for a start because uh robots and cyborgs ai are so ingrained in in those future settings yeah obviously natural life um you know by way of fauna and flora aren't actually prominent at all but no. everyone, but everyone always talks about technological advancement being such a fun and exciting thing. But then, when you actually look forward to where we're projected, you start to think uh, this is pretty scary. Mm. And these sort of games, especially cyberpunk, uh, exam- uh, paint the perfect picture of what that sort of worst fear would be, which is just you basically can't, you don't know what's going on all the time because all uh, technology allows so much um, illegal and manipulative behavior to go on unseen yeah uh so i think uh i think that's what they're about they they play very well there's not really ever a utopic uh a futuristic uh, story that comes out you never just see it come out and go wow this is just amazing how fun mm. they make it look so good yeah look, i think of black mirror they always do ran- i haven't seen them um but they do random episodes in the future that are just like mm-hmm. really harrowing um, yeah what about steampunk steampunk is a bit more old-fashioned and a bit cooler yeah. Bit Bioshock Infinite. Yep. Super cool. What's a Steam? What's the new one? Um, Dishonored, Steampunk. What the one? There's like that new game, Clockwork Revolution. That's And that's the Bioshock sort of spiritual successor, it's right? It's Bioshock-y. Yeah. But it's not It's not a spiritual successor, but it's. it looks like... Like if you told me it was Bioshock 4, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That looks like Bioshock, but that's a game... Coming out to Xbox. Yeah. That's a steampunk game. Yeah. Well, punk and punk is a bit of a, it's a bit of a wanky word, to be honest. Everyone always just calls things random and punk. Mm. They just chuck punk on the end and think that sets a whole era and a whole concept up. 
Yeah. Uh, but I think it's uh, Cyberpunk is a fairly basic name in the sense that it's set in a cyberpunk world. Yeah. So it's on a, it's it's cool, but it's also a bit yeah. uncreative. Yeah. Well, maybe a bit of history on that, on the game. So in general, Cyberpunk 2077 is a role-playing game developed and published by City Project Red from Poland in uh, 2019 and republished as a functioning game in 2023. It is part of the Cyberpunk series for a Mike Pondsmith, which began as a pen and paper RPG book in 1988 called Cyberpunk 2013, the role-playing game of the dark future and followed up by further editions with Cyberpunk 2020 and Cyberpunk Red. Um, does it piss you off as much as me that this game comes from a from pre-established media? I'm just sick of everything being an adaptation these days. Even mm. The Witcher what's, is an adaptation. Sorry, and what's it from? Well, this it's from a series called Cyberpunk of role-playing, like, games. Like, you know, like Dungeons & Dragons, like a role-playing yeah, pen and okay. paper game. Yeah, it it does it does a fair bit to be honest. Um, I'm not I'm not surprised, and I don't think it diminishes the quality of the game itself because we hadn't played you know the RPG role playing game. I mean, so I don't th- speak for yourself. <laughs> I don't think it sort of uh, makes our experience cheaper in that sense. But yeah, it's um, so many companies. Are, it's a whole other topic, but they just look for the quick established buck, right? It's a whole, that's a shame. It, it is a whole other topic just to get it out. I'm just so sick of everything being adapted from something else. Yeah. Anyway, it was released for Xbox One, Xbox Series XS, PS4, PS5, Windows, and of course, Google Stadia. Shout out to the Stadia Maniacs (laughs) out there. Uh, Gonna go hell yeah. (laughs) Canaanites. The game launched on the 10th of December, 2020 for Xbox One and PS4, which was after the next-gen consoles had already been released. Um, And it was absolutely abysmal. If you hadn't heard, the game was the worst launch ever. Yeah. Uh, it was a broken, buggy, disgusting mess on consoles anyway. Did okay on PC. Um, no Man's Sky. Yeah. It's a No Man's Sky situation, 100%. But even bigger um, stakes. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it did, it did all right on PC, and it was clearly built with PC in mind. Like the game, even when you play it now, it's like it's a PC game. Mm. Uh, it's a port. Yeah. Yeah, the game was actually announced all the way back in like 2013, and was uh, basically the most anticipated game of all time, winning over 100 awards awards at E3 2018. Yeah, when it was you know properly revealed in the, I guess teaser trailer or whatever. So it was properly debuted that year at E3 with Keanu Reeves, who plays uh, the character Johnny Silverhand, coming out on stage and abs- to absolutely massive fanfare at the end of the Xbox Microsoft showcase and announcing what he was doing in the game, the game's upcoming release and more. And people were absolutely pumped, uh, including me. What I did was, you say to that person in the crowd? You're beautiful. You're, uh, you're beautiful. Yeah, is it you're beautiful? You're wonderful something. You're beautiful? Yeah. yeah. And oh, we loved Keanu from that moment. Well, I was like sucked into the hype of that. It was very exciting. And yeah, I watched it live. You were, you were super keen. Yeah. I watched it live. And I remember the whole the showcase ended and the whole uh, um, hall, because it was a live thing, cut to black. And then there was like code on the screen, like someone was hacking into the system. And then it all came out with Cyberpunk and um, Keanu Reeves. And like no one knew Keanu Reeves was in the game at that point. So it was like a whole thing. Wake up, Samurai. Yeah. 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 That's it. <laughs> 
and then it came out and it was a train wreck. People got uh, people got refunds. It was pulled from the PlayStation Store for being completely shit. PlayStation like made a announcement that it was getting completely pulled. Uh, you could find brand new copies of the game in bargain bins at stores pretty much by Christmas or the month after, which was like three weeks later. Mm-hmm. And it was a complete complete disaster. Um, and then since then, CD Projekt Red have spent a few years fixing their mess. They've added next-gen versions, removed and fixed most of the bugs in the game. And they've relaunched the game um, essentially as like a big 2.0 update, which was very recent this year. And generally won most people's trust back in that regard. All the I see online very much a lot of positivity for the game these days. But I don't, I, like, personally, I, I just don't want them to get away with it. Because they pushed out a pile of shit mm. knowing that it was a pile of shit. Yeah. It's justice for the, the team, though. Yeah, of course. I mean, like, the developers, like, the, the people working in the trenches, sure. But as a rule, it should be not... Uh, not the way that games are handled generally mm. by massive companies like this. Yeah. So it should be a wake-up call for them. Like, if their next game comes out and there's one bug, people are going to kill them. Yes, they got to be. <laughs> they have to be very careful. So with the next next game. Um, I, I was just going to add quickly as well. <clears throat> speaking of the fa- the botched release, uh, think of w- Watch Dogs when that was announced and the trailers were so cool, and that was all about how mm. cool technology was in a futuristic setting all yeah. about hacking and obviously cyberpunk was the same watchdogs release wasn't that it was a botched it was just that it was underwhelming for what they promised this was sort of a bit of everything yeah even talking even looking at the consoles how many they they promised a bustling city and all you got was like 10 people on your screen at once <laughs> yeah and it still hasn't uh, i uh, it could be in the latest update that could be enhanced even more so but even when i played a few months ago there were still 30 people on screen at once and it was just like this isn't a big intense uh, future metropolis <laughs> yeah <clears throat> we'll get into it oh yeah what about your history with the game i've got a large spiel to, about my history but what about your general history with uh with the game before well, playing it or like what, what was your thoughts on it early on what were your intentions to play it over time uh i think when you were hyped about it initially and i'm uh, i never unless i fully really love an ip when it's announced or already know about it i'm never really sucked into initial hype um there's a part of me that's resistant to it but i was just sort of like oh i don't know i'll just i'll wait and see i just sort of similar to what you were saying before you played it in peace because you didn't tell anyone i sort of missed that part of being a kid sometimes where, mm. I, where I just played things without anyone even knowing what I was playing. Yeah. Not a, not a, um, for a secret sake, but I just, you never have to play online because you're just playing your own games. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt that I'm the sucker for it, for upcoming games and announcements and you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Of the two of us. Yeah. I, I used to love the bits and pieces like watching trailers and E3 and everything, but it's just, uh, with E3 probably going more online as well it's and dead, really and there's so many different expos now yeah yeah it just dilutes it so mm. i think um so i wasn't as excited initially the theme itself i thought that's pretty cool um but i wasn't super into the whole uh yeah cyberpunk uh as a as a theme but then i think yeah once we watched altered carbon uh and i was going to blade runner mm. uh, or watched blade runner and then um even detroit 
that's where I started to actually get a an appetite for that sort of setting. Yeah. Uh, and so once I got that, I was pretty keen. Again, I had to sort of temper my expectations because I knew it wasn't going to be like the full. We we talk about like he- even heavy gameplay all the time, like how it's going to be like a big, fully weighted experience, like yep. a single player thing. But this is a big, sprawling RPG um, that has a lot of content in it. Mm. So I knew it wasn't going to be quite a, uh, you know, a, the fifteen hour really tight experience that I ideally wanted. Um, but when, when I did play it, it was it took me a bit to get into. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, I think we'll, like we'll touch on the story was really strong. Um, and, uh, yeah, it kept you going along really well. Um, kept, it was pretty well paced. Uh, but yeah, I didn't put it the time into it. I think I will at some point soon with the Phantom Liberty update and everything like that. Uh, but yeah, that's generally my history. It's, it's fairly, it's not exactly a special history, but I, uh, I'm glad I played it anyway. Yeah. And I bought it for you. Yeah, you did. So well. That's why I played it, yeah. That yeah. Was sort of the, for Christmas? I don't know. Is it the Christmas or your birthday? It's like a semi housewarming thing. Yeah, I, I just, don't know. I just knew you wanted to play it at some point. So I was like, ah. Yeah. It was easy, on my, my easy win, you know. It was on my list of games that I'm halfway through and it's nearly finished the year. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, your history. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean. You were born in 1994, William Patrick Russell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I knew this day would come. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. When the game came out, I mean, I remember... Because obviously we just got our PS5s, right? Like, we were, we were all lucky enough to get a PS5 at launch in COVID. So we all went and picked up our PS5s and whatever. And we're playing PS5. And I remember Cyberpunk was about to release. This was... It was only like two or three weeks after the launch. And it was about to release. And I remember seeing the reviews or like the early um, read on the game from journalists being like, oh... Something's going on here, you know, something bad's... There was, like, just a bad, like, air about it, you know? Yeah. And I remember it came out, and I was like, I'm not going to buy it anyway, because I think, like, I was playing um, Spider-Man Miles Morales and... and you actually didn't really care about it when it was about to release. Well... You had swung completely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or fizzled even. You weren't the opposite, but you just had to... I think I, like, feared it a little bit. (laughs) I think I was, like, afraid that it was going to be what it became <laughs> yeah. and obviously playing spider-man and demon souls i was like fine for the minute and it came out and yeah it was like such a so bad you know and uh i i sort of wrote it off for good like essentially i just a little to lay in the darkness in my abandoned games list forever i was like ah it's a pile of crap like it's look at how bad it is like i saw the videos and it wasn't even a ps5 version game like it was a ps4 game that was a disaster so what would it matter playing on a ps5 when it came out i actually i went to fortress uh in melbourne which is like a big video game bar thing and they have all these like big pc halls and stuff and the week it launched i went to fortress after work to try out cyberpunk i went there with my workmate uh, my old job named dom and we went and sat in one of the pcs in the pc hall and just tried the game out for free Fortress had like just opened like that week and I remember we went and you could go for free whatever so I remember making a character quickly and then doing like the start of the game and being in the car with Jackie one of the the characters and proceeding to get you know some sort of shootout or whatever we probably played it for like 45 hour or something and I don't know I think the game didn't leave much of an impression on me then from that hour it was obviously with PC so it was like mouse and keyboard and that as well so I just didn't. I decided no, nah, I'm not going to invest time in this right now. That plus all the bad rap it was getting, 
And, uh, like, I mean, how I couldn't have known how much of a disaster it was going to become, obviously. Um, so, yeah, for a long time, I just read up about the controversy and kind of just laughed at it from afar. While some of the our friends in our friend circle actually played it, like my brother and whatnot, and they didn't mind it, even though there was clear flaws. Mm. At some stage, a couple of years later, um, a few years later, probably, I don't know, two, three years, I came across this channel on YouTube called Action Button, which had reviews from a guy called uh, Tim Rogers, who was a former video game journalist and, he, and game developer. He worked at Sony for a bit in Japan and, and all this stuff. And he made this insanely large and in-depth review of the game that depending on the way you watched it, could go for almost eight hours. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not sure how, but the review itself, it like it has videos embedded inside videos that you can't access on YouTube. So you watch the first one and then you pick particular pathways to next videos that are reflective of the choices in the game. So the review has like vi- videos inside videos that, that are like paths. So you kind of like play the game in mm, the review. That's insane. And it's like, I don't know. It's Is like he crazy. okay? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's like amazing videos. It's so well put together. And I watched to the very end. I watched the whole thing. So I basically watched the whole game. <laughs> and yeah. I don't remember any of it. Like, I, I couldn't tell you a single thing. Like from the, the content. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I remember watching and it was great. But I, so I pretty much watched the whole game and storyline out of curiosity of these videos. And um, shortly after that, I remember I decided to buy the game and I give it a, a shot. I think this is probably like 2021, let's say. And I played the game for about three or four hours and I just gave up. I remember seeing glitches. There was a glitch of like a guy driving a car that came past and there was no car. So he was just like floating on the street, those kind of things. The game felt, like you said, like so empty. There was like they gutted all of the NPCs in the city and all of the vehicles. So there was like genuinely one car like every two minutes that would come past and like no people. Mm. <laughs> so it just felt like I was in some like weird early access game from some indie developer. And and remember the almost one of the uh, the selling points was that every single NPC would be unique, yeah, completely randomized. Yeah. I reckon I saw the same bloke <laughs> ten times yeah. before the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was like so eye-opening and i'd gone aboard this game and i just decided that was it like this is just not the game for me i'm not doing this i think i just traded it to eb games or whatever and it's worth mentioning quickly we were fully aware that it's a it was a pc game so the high-end pcs would probably have would obviously have a yeah, lot more going on compared bit. to console but that's no excuse whatsoever yeah it's not so yeah fast forward to whenever i bought you the game and uh You'd played through the game at this lightning pace and uh, said it was relatively enjoyable. And then uh, our friend Jake, who we mention all the time, was keen on the game uh, at, and rather playing, replaying the game. And uh, once this 2.0 update dropped, which would really clean up the game for next gen, adding a lot of life back into the city and enhancing the graphics, gameplay, mechanics, whatever, um, which was recently, only about three, two, two months ago, two, three months ago, this big 2.0 update um, and the proper launch of like the PS5 and Xbox Series X versions and all this stuff. So for whatever reason, I don't know, I just woke up one day <laughs> and I just felt like checking out the prices for the game online and I found a brand new JB for $24.99. <laughs> so I just bought it. I, I don't know what I was doing and I just had reservations being it was a game I t- technically tried twice already and failed at. But I just felt 
I just felt it was time. I was like, I'm mustering up the courage to actually beat this game because I something inside of me I just like always I just like knew I like I want to actually just beat this game, mm. and uh, that's what I did in the shadows with no no commentary from anyone. Don't take it personally. I, no, I, I like you. I didn't, I didn't even know. But notice. I but I thought I'm just gonna play this and just do it in, in the shadows, and yeah, I thought it was pretty. Um, pretty neato. And you've come out looking pastier than ever. Yeah. I came out with like all this weird circuitry under my eyelids, all these like connected wires all over my body. A lot, of, mo- a lot a- of moss on your head too. I'm a full on punk now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's it. That's the, my history of the game. That's pretty long, but uh, I've played it now. And I think it's, I just think it's neat. Yeah, it is. And yeah. I think, again, the, I think they're our... Uh, Mutual favorite part of the game is the story. So shall we dive into the story? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. So <laughs> just to give a bit of a the, the general overview, of course, provided by our, by our great friends at uh, Wikipedia, <laughs> or Sam Witwicky, um, as you, you, you may remember him. Um, so Cyberpunk, um, set in a dystopian Cyberpunk universe, the player assumes the role of V, a mercenary in the fictional Californian city known as Night City. Uh, in V, you can choose whether you're a male or a female. You can also choose doodle size. I went full full doodle and um, I, was, I didn't get to use it. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, we have to bring up the fact that you went for the large doodle, which is funny because when does that ever factor into this game? <laughs> I know. No, <laughs> what is the purpose? I know. There's literally when you you can. I, I, I rediscovered at the end of the towards the end of the game when you can change your clothing in the menu obviously and we'll touch on the convoluted menus soon but <laughs> they um you could like i accidentally took all the clothes off at one point and mm. i thought oh there he is his dick's back and <laughs> it's just hanging there you move his character out and just swing a bit <laughs> yeah. and that's about it that's why the game took so long yeah the physics yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's why i'm less efficient in games because yeah. i just stand there in the menus yeah. um but you can and you can also choose uh three sort of factions you want to be a part of mm. um thereabouts like one's being corpo being like a corporate man or yep. woman um one being a nomad and then also a street yeah street kids streets so you grow up on the streets of night city yeah and then nomads you grow up in the badlands like the desert in a clan yeah yeah what did you what was yours nomad oh we're both nomad yeah yeah okay i didn't want to be no city boy well, you know what? Or a sellout. Well, you know what? That's the second the time I played it after watching that re- YouTube review and I gave up, I actually picked Corpo. So yeah. I don't know, maybe that played into me yeah. not liking it as much. Yeah. Cuz yeah. I actually picked Corpo and started right up in business high rises and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Well, yeah, as nomads of course, we'd start outside the city and find our way in there. Yeah, start off with driving a car. That's so good. You just start off driving in the desert. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we start as V in the in the fictional city of Night City, uh, where they deal with the fallout from a heist gone wrong that results in an experimental cybernetic biochip containing an engram of the legendary rock star and terrorist terrorist Johnny Silverhand, who is uh, played by Keanu Reeves, and this uh, this biochip threatens to slowly overwrite V's mind because uh, when we commit complete the heist and we just chuck it in our head to get by uh, or, or no to put well, it in a head because he's to save him because he's sort of um, well V's gonna yeah basically the they are escaping so basically V's like working with his friend named Jackie Wells 
and this net runner named T Bug is like a I don't even know hacker what, hacker thing, yeah. yeah. And they're mercenaries and they're doing jobs and whatnot because they have this dream of becoming like legends of the city or whatever. Mm. And they're working for this guy named Dexter Deshawn, and he wants them to Dex. steal to steal this relic from the Arasaka Corporation, Arasaka, Arasaka Tower, which is basically like a corporation Arasaka. that controls like the majority of Night City, right? And yeah, so they steal this relic um, and as they're leaving, they get pretty wounded. Like Jackie gets like basically fatally wounded almost. And V's are right, but the casing of the relic's like destroyed. So the only way to keep the relic, which was their like target to give to Dexter, is to put the chip in his head because it's cyberpunk, so they all have, like, places in their head to insert things. Or computers. Or whatever. Yeah, so he inserts computers, the chip yeah. in his head and um, to save it. But when he when they get back to Dexter, they obviously because the heist goes wrong, they have a lot of unwanted police attention. Um, so Dexter, because of that, shoots V in the face and, like, essentially to kill him. But the chip keeps him alive and it, like, intw- intertwines their, like, souls, basically. Yeah. Two personalities yeah. in one body, basically. Yeah. So it's like the chip is, the chip saves V's life, but continue and continues to be the only thing that's keeping V alive, but it's also absorbing his whole mind and body. Yeah. So Johnny's this guy's like inside him. He didn't ask to be there, but this is the way the chip works. It's like overtaking his mind and mind and soul and and all that. Yeah. And also, so also worth saying that we went into this heist, and while you're stealing the relic. You witness the murder of Saburu Arasaka, who's the like, fa- you know, father leader of Arasaka Corporation, yeah, the, the patriarch, by his son uh, Yorinobu. Yeah, no, Yorinobu uh, Arasaka, which kind of like, the, so they're like the two big things to the story: the yeah. murder of Saburu Arasaka and the chip saving V's life, and now you're living like a double life with this guy named Johnny Silverhand. Yeah, and and so the. Yes, and the crux of the story is, is that you're trying to find a way to separate Johnny from your body whilst saving Fee's life, and it sort of becomes apparent yep. as you go through the story mm. that it's becoming less and less likely for V's body to survive yeah. um, without Johnny being being there. And Johnny, of course, being a, such a strong personality, even in, in just this electric fo- electro- electronic form or digital form, is um, basically... Yeah. Just asserting his dominance gradually. Well, yeah. Almost like a, they have different like a amb- virus. Yeah. They have different ambitions in Night City, I guess. Mm. And they, they're both of their minds are in the one head because, yeah, Johnny's an engram or whatever inserted in the relic. So he's like got a digital presence inside his mind. So V can see Johnny like in person uh, and speak to him, but it's all happening in V's head. Mm-hmm. So, like, Johnny will be, like, standing behind who you're talking to in the real world, you know, giving you looks on, you know, if you're saying the wrong thing or or whatever and giving you advice on, oh, just don't trust this person or, or whatever. And he's very, um, he's very like, menacing, mm. menacing character. So, yeah, they're sort of working on their own ambitions. But then they sort of come to, you know, respect and work with each other as the game goes on. Yeah, and, and coming yeah. up against um, Johnny's very obsessed with taking down Arasaka because they, they're the sort of ones that uh, led to his death, especially the head main henchman um, Adam Smasher, who was the one who actually killed him. Yeah, but and Adam Smasher is one of those really similar, like a big daddy from Bioshock. You see him early on in Johnny's early days, which is I think is about twenty thirteen or thereabouts. Um, that these are set in the flashbacks of when Johnny was alive. Mm. 
and basically, and it was very cyberpunk. It's not like our own 2013. It was it was already futuristic then. But basically, Adam Smasher was sort of like just starting to be um, become get all these sub, cybernetic enhancements. And then yep. by the time we're in 2077, he's basically just like his forehead is about it, and he's freaky looking as hell. Like yeah. he's just a huge robot dude yeah. with red those red um, laser eyes. Mm. So scary, like the um. <laughs> There's characters from Thor. Uh, no, Guardians 3. Volume 3. Oh, um, okay. That's not what I was thinking War of. Warpig or something. Yeah, yeah, right. Those I eyes. was thinking of, he actually reminds me of the um, handyman from Bioshock Infinite. That too, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's just really creepy. So, uh, But our, this whole Arasaka Corporation, they're sort of like the, the head, the main players. Mm. Sort of that megalomaniacal sort of big business corporation who sort of controls everything in the city tries to win everyone's favor but also is manipulating the shit out of everything yeah it's very it's 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 yeah. very it's pretty cliche but it works because this this whole split personality thing between v and johnny just makes everything volatile and uh far less predictable yeah yeah well the thing with arasaka is that they like basically they basically like kill targets or people that are opposing them and Johnny, the death of like Johnny Silverhand kind of starts the whole process because they kill like people that are opposed and they kill them. And then they have this like artificial prison called Makoshi where they like store their minds forever. Mm. So they like kill people and then store their like minds inside a like metaverse, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And basically, like Johnny's like a cloud. Yeah, basically, because like it's cyberpunk, so there's a lot of things in the game where you like, I don't know, they just like pull a cord out of their head and like ch- plug into some sort of database or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so Johnny has this like old girlfriend named Old Cunningham, and they to get a Johnny, they like abduct her after one of his shows or whatever, because he was like a rock star, um, and then eventually they like use her body or like her mind to create like soul killer or whatever something called soul killer which um copies people's minds which like helps which gets them to like copy people's minds and put them into makoshi or whatever yeah which is how they copy johnny's mind out of his body after they killed him and they inserted his body into the relic Mm. so alt is like this weird i don't know like legendary ai person in the like deep part of this like metaverse the deep web almost and they need her help to separate their minds but they can only do it deep inside the metaverse yeah which is (laughs) which is a problem in itself because if they get so far into a mikoshi and everything Mm. there's a chance they can't come out and all this sort of stuff Uh, so it's like a it's almost like an inception version of technology they just have to keep going deeper and deeper losing touch with themselves the further they go in in ways yeah yeah uh and it's uh, yeah uh, the alt alt cunningham is a very uh, sort of yeah like you said legendary almost like a myth and you yeah. wonder if you're going to see her again because johnny himself is a legend and yep. everyone heard of him he's like a is like a legend like, almost like a ned kelly sort of figure mm. he heard he did all this thing everyone goes oh was he terrorist or was he doing a good thing because i mean what sort of rock star also doubles as a terrorist yeah <laughs> right yeah uh so it was um yeah, well, the reason he tries to plan this like big heist or attack on Arasaki Tower before he dies is to save Alt. Yeah, because they like abduct her mm. or whatever. So they and they find her in the they find her, but she's already gone. 
Yeah. Or at least like they've taken her mind out of her body. Yeah, which is creepy as hell. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I, I just think generally, yeah, I think that's you, you'll you'll probably have. Do you have more detail on the story? Like, do you want to dive into? Because I know it's a very big thing. No, nah, not really. I mean, like, I don't think it's worth just diving into the whole plot because a million things happen between now and the end of the game. Because essentially, like the the goal of the game in reality is to get in deep into an Arasaka Corporation to like get yourself into uh, the metaverse and <laughs> deep enough to be able to make this like thing happen to, to split your soul, I guess. Mm. So like so much stuff happens. Um, but yeah, plenty of characters along the way. And then you've obviously got that like whole storyline about Saboro's death. And there's a dude named, uh, what's his name? Goro. Goro, yeah. Goro Takamura. Yep. Who um, he was like working as the secondhand man for Saboro and he's helping V with that investigation um and then uh, on top of that there's like you know multiple side quests for that can plan out different routes towards different endings in the game so like there's different clans there's like there's there's uh, i don't know everything links together mm. there's lots of different characters to, to talk about i suppose but um it all ends up back at arasaka tower yeah. anyway and with the sort of major decisions you have to make at the end of the game uh which include who you want to attack the tower with or in what sort of situation you want to go at the tower in. Um, and then the final choice, which is um, whether you want to separate Johnny's mind from yours and go free, but you'll only have about six months to live unless you can figure it out or basically just conceding your body to Johnny and letting him live out Night City or, li- or leave or whatever, mm. which like I didn't even, uh, I didn't even expect that to happen. Mm. I didn't know that decision was going to come like that. So then I actually like paused for like five minutes. Like I didn't even like expect to have to decide that much. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I think there was a bit there. So yeah, it's all triggered. Of course, like throughout the game, there's all these different points where you can decide to do what Johnny suggests or do your own thing. And it never suggests that it's going to affect what happens in the game until certain characters will start telling you like, oh, you're letting him in, are you? Like, you're mm. going to start losing out to Johnny soon because he's, you know, he's strong-willed. Everyone knows about him. Like, you're, t- you're, t- you're changing a bit and then you sort of start thinking just from these little suggestions, you think, you know, like, you actually start going, you're like, no, I'm not letting him influence me that much. Like, that was just a good yeah. idea. And yeah. then you get start realizing like, the next time you have a conversation with him, you're listening to what he says and you go, um, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And then you realize after yeah. you've done it, like, I am doing exactly what he wants yeah. me to do. So it really <laughs> yeah. played, it worked really well in that sense. I think they, uh, they found that different way of, and it's important when writers do this, where they find ways to make you, like Bioshock, that's why that's so strong. You're sort of, you're doing the wood you kindly, like you're following Atlas's orders the whole yeah. time without realizing. Yeah. Uh, and then it's sort of like these of course, this was a big. That was a big twist in that example. But the game let, lets you work it out yourself. Otherwise, there's a big moment where it sort of goes, "Hey, guess what? You've been doing it this whole time." And you go, "Oh my mm. god!" Whereas some some writers will make it clear, if you're like, "Hey, you have to choose whether you're going to do Johnny's or your uh, Johnny's thing or your thing, because that's going to affect the the sto- the, um, the ending of the game." Yeah. And when you don't yeah. get told that at the start. <laughs> It's just so much better because <laughs> you get to yeah, work yeah. it out yourself. Yeah. I think I did like, I think without even realizing as I was going, 
the writing just really led me into morphing into Johnny. Mm. And I think that was like, yeah, like you said, there was certain points where I would look at the options presented to me. And I'm not always that keen on games where you have like, you know, multiple things to choose to say and pathways or whatever. But in, for, for whatever reason in this game, the writing was so strong and all of the complications that could arise from the things that you would say just kept me so engaged the whole time. So when I... Um, so, so many times when Johnny... Like there was something like Johnny said, I'll oh, do this or whatever. And I felt so inclined to just believe believe him. And then I'd like snap out of him and be like, what? Like, yeah, what, am I, yeah, exactly. what am I talking about? Like I'm, I'm actually just going to like kill this person. That, that, that doesn't deserve it yeah. <laughs> something but I'm like yeah he's got a point <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know like you just you feel so like torn but then it's a perfect earwig which is yeah. what he is he's in his head and he's in your head yeah it's some of the like best Johnny like j- the dynamic between Johnny and V in this game is like one of the peak dynamics between characters I've ever experienced in a game hmm. like, very just... very Batman and Joker in Arkham Knight yeah, for sure. Yeah, very Batman and Joker. That's pretty accurate, actually. To the next, yeah. yeah, in the next level, I guess, because it influences what you do. But yeah, I, I think it's... And it's. I'm only really probably realising it now, which is what these sessions are for as well. <laughs> I, uh, Yeah, I sort of probably undervalued at the time just how, how good Johnny was. Because mm. V, even with V, V and Keanu, both V and Johnny, right, their voices aren't great. They're actually quite bad if you if you, if you deal with them if you think of them in isolation v's is especially yeah uh he's not mal- that great yeah his male voice i actually haven't heard his, his female sometimes voice. it's he says something's really good yeah and then some things it's just like this is not the right voice yeah he goes full leon from resident evil 4 at the wrong times so you think this is really lame uh but i was gonna say i'd say he goes full ethan yeah, that's just good. He gets point. overly excited about non-exciting things. <laughs> You're totally right. Actually, You're totally right. he's actually between Leon and Ethan somewhere. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think um, the story overall, it's like, like I said, it's quite, it's quite strong, um, and it has, it has lots of big moments, um, and all this time spent developing these bonds with other characters, such as um, you know Judy Alvarez, Pan Am yep. Palmer, yep. Palmer, yeah, yeah, Pan Am Palmer, uh, Goro Takamura, Takamura. And uh, and Jackie Wells, um, yeah, yep. we'll probably we might touch on them a bit uh, more shortly, but they were just uh, I just enjoyed them all. And talking speaking of Goro, like he was the um, he was the chief bodyguard for the uh, what's it called um, Arasaka matriarch patriarch, mm-hmm. yeah. So that when that bloke dies, he obviously takes it personally, and it's uh, culturally speaking, it was a great shame that his master died under his watch. Uh, so he's going out to try to find out who did it, and of course V knows who, who did it. Yeah, but this bloke's so fixed on just um, restoring his own honor that he becomes an ally for you. So long as you're in the same sort of, you know, you, you have mutual benefits from it. Yeah, but he's just really. Uh, well, V's a culprit in in, in his yeah. eyes at first too. Yeah, so you could like win him over. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you sort of think, um, I just really like Gary's character. He he just he brought the real yeah. sort of conspiracy, uh, sort of like uh, what's it called, espionage part of the game, mm-hmm. uh, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I was upset when he died. Yeah, how how does that happen again? You're having a meeting with Hanako Arasaka, the Sabora's daughter, to try and turn her mind around 
like to, to get her to believe that her brother killed their father. That's right. Yeah. And you're like meeting them in a room after you, you kidnap her from the parade in in Japan town, mm. and then Arasaka like just lights up the apartment with bullets and he dies. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I do remember. It was upsetting. And you know, one mm. time I don't know if it happened to you, but I was like, you know, you like text people, right? You're always like messaging and calling people in the game on your phone. Goro's not so good on the text machine. No, but I don't know. If, I don't know if it happens for everyone, but there was one point where I was like, I swear we were flirting because I like asked him if he like wanted to go one on one for dinner and all this stuff, and I was like, what's going on? Like, what am I doing here? But I was just like, I wasn't trying. I was just progressively talking back to him, and somehow I ended up in this position where I was like saying, would I be a would I be a good good partner or? Something? I was like, I gotta I gotta backtrack here. He got in your head. Yeah, he pretty sure I actually left him on, like, I, le- I left him on red, basically. Yeah. Um, well, did you want to touch on the characters a bit, uh, probably before we get look at the gameplay? Because uh, it's probably a good time to get into that. Um, yeah, maybe I've got a couple of questions for you mm. on the story side. So what, obviously we didn't cover everything then. There's so much we could cover, but not, not for today. But what was your... Um, well, three questions. What did it leave you feeling satisfied? Yes, but in the with the sort of caveat that I also felt sad because it's a bit doomy. Mm. The end. Did you seek out much side content like gigs? I didn't because I was smashing through it, but I did do a couple, and I thought they were cool. Yeah. I, I I saw the value in them for sure. I, I think they were, and like you said, even like uh, Della 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 Main Della Main taxis taxis that's these right. AI taxis <laughs> that and that sort of thing. I thought they were yeah. really cool and relevant side missions. Mm. Forgot about that one actually. <laughs> He's a freak. That was so early on in the game actually, doing, rounding up all these taxis and and all that stuff. Yeah, self driving cars that all have like their own minds. Yeah, it yeah. Was, is is a creepy dude too. What was your favorite moment of the story? Favorite moment, uh, my f- if I can just talk about my favorite mission, it would be that parade sort of thing where you're picking off snipers and you're trying to abduct. Mm, what's good that the female Arasaka, okay, the daughter. What, yeah, what did you say her name was? You also have a boss fight, uh, Hanako. Yeah, Hanako. Hanako. Yeah, yeah, and you also have a boss fight in that against the Yorinobu's Yoran- bodyguard. Yes. Which uh, took me forever because he keeps going invisible and you That's have to right. fo- follow his trail and it took me so long because I just he just keeps recovering <laughs> himself. It t- I was doing it like 20 minutes. Yeah, it's it pretty hard. It took me forever. <laughs> it's pretty hard. Um, and that's where I felt really like I hadn't uh, hadn't beefed up my stats enough. Uh, but still cool. Who would know? It's too Those much. menus, we'll get into it, but yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um so yeah, that was a really fun sequence for me because I thought that was just um, again, I like stealthy sort of you know espionage stuff. Yeah, um, less run and gun. Um, and but I, I can't really think of a key story moment. I, like I can't definitively say that I remember even the exact ending I got. Yeah. Uh, but I I did like every mo- most of the moments dealing directly with the Arasaka family because mm-hmm. they were almost the biggest stakes. Yep. Uh, always the biggest stakes. Uh, yeah, pro- just probably those. I know it's really vague, but I, I'm, yours are, your memories are fresher than mine. And there's just so much. It was, it was an intense 20 hours. Wow, there's so, there's so much content like mm. put in. Like it's 
it's unbelievable that the stories and that's not a short game but that short considering the wealth of uh moments yeah that are that are in in the story yeah i don't actually know if i have a favorite moment like i love the uh i love the choice at the very end in uh in like inside makoshi um but i think yeah there was one time where johnny and v woke woke up in a motel near the beach near that like in that area where there's like a big shopping mall. Yeah, after the Voodoo Boys section, yeah. where you, where you get you you're trying to find the um the net hacker or whatever it's called, the net runner, mm. and you go into the through the cinema and you got to beat that big club wheeling wheeling guy. Sounds right. And then you wake up and you're fully and this is where V starts to. I think this is where the third act starts because V's like he's getting real sick. He's throwing up all the time. Yeah, throwing up blood or coughing up blood. Yeah. Um, and I think. I know the part, yes, and that was a pretty significant part. You basically have this like one-on-one with Johnny about like getting through this together, and he gives you he gives you like a dog his dog tags as yeah. like a sign of trust with each other, and you like have this big talk on the balcony of the the motel and all this stuff. And I, I don't remember the context of everything they were saying, but I remember that part being especially um, impactful to mm-hmm. to me. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a point where you sort of you can either fully side with Johnny and accept the the path forward. I think that's where you choose. Yes, I'm going to side with you, and we'll do what you want. Where you fully give in to him, or you say no. Well, yeah, you you basically. I think it's like he's asking for the opportunity to take over your body to go convince Rogue to help, and you like give you you can give him like the the all clear, which I did. I did that too. Yeah. Um, but but that was a good moment. Yeah. yeah. What about just gameplay? Gameplay in general, because I got. Do you want to look at characters first, just thoughts. while we're on the yeah, sort of story? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go characters. So I just want just a few of my favorite characters. There there are quite a lot, um, but I, I think we'll probably share similar preferences as well. Um, but you know, there was there was characters like Rogue, who was again Johnny's old accomplice, sat hanging around in a bar. I found her missions to be... She was fairly dry, but she's just the old jaded bounty hunter, basically. Yeah, she was like the legendary mercenary of the afterlife, the the hottest club in town. Yeah, basically. And I hated having to go in there every time and walk through the slow areas and get checked. Yeah, I just, it was so annoying. <laughs> you got to go to the afterlife a lot. <laughs> so much. You got to park there and run <laughs> through and then remember which way it is to get to certain spots. Yeah, it's near your house, though. It is, and I and not that you need to go. I lost back. my house about a hundred times. Oh, I know I where it was. So stupid, oh. and not that you need to go back to your house very often. Like there's not actually a lot of need, but I, I was signing off my play sessions most of the time by going home. I just felt like doing it. It just felt yeah. like a fu- like nice thing to do. Yeah. So like at the end of my session, I'm just gonna actually go back to my apartment, drive back there, and um, and just go to the bed or, or sit on the couch or some crap and talk to Johnny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Role playing, man. Oh yeah, I was, I was really, actually, yeah, I was actually really role playing as VA in this yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, which is good. Oh, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that sort of, um, that yeah. sort of buying. Mm. Uh, we also have Evelyn Parker. Uh, she's, she was really early in the game because she, uh, unfortunately dies, um, because she's a victim. But she was, I think, where the real, because she was there when the Arasaka bloke died, or, or she put the chip in. I can't remember the, the artifact. 
not the artifact, she's relic. She's linked up with Yorinobu in some regard. Well, she set V up to be able to get in there, right? She was the sort of one that said there's this thing there. Yep. Come up and have a look. He, but then well, she sort of disappears. Her and, and Judy provided the brain dancers for them to look into the into the room they needed to get into and suss out what happened and whatever. Mm. And we'll we'll talk about brain dancers mm. shortly, so stick but, up. But stick she's a, a in that. But she, Evelyn is a um a, a, a doll? What was the name? Like a doll uh, a doll? she oh yeah, I'm not sure, but she's a she's a, like a sex worker, a, a robotic sex worker, right? Yeah, yeah. But like their minds get completely taken over. That's right. In the in the act or in the job. Yeah, they yeah. get reprogrammed. Yeah, just for the yeah. Yeah, and it's quite sad. This is one of the more harrowing parts of the the story for sure because she goes missing. Yeah. She just gets absolutely flogged just for someone else doing something, yeah. basically. And that kind uh, of stuff comes up a fair bit. There's even one moment where Hanako Arasaka delivers you and you a message in a hotel room and a and a, a woman rocks up to the door that is assumed as to be a sex worker but it's actually a, a doll like it's a doll that projects a message or is like calling in she mm. like sits down and then she says um your client will be with you in a moment and then she's basically being used as like a satellite for Hanako to talk to you yeah so she like turns into Hanako uh, Hanako speaking and then she like snaps out of it and goes and then that's it and then leaves or whatever yeah yeah so they're just like used as like robotic services for different things it's it's terrible (laughs) it's terrible uh there is uh there it's worth mentioning wakako um akoda she's just a random merchant shop lady who helps you a few times oh yeah i didn't even write it down no 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 no, no, i wouldn't i wouldn't but she just popped up and it was just funny Delamain is sort of cool as this. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) We won't dwell on it. No, well, like every... This is... I'm going to get into in the in our cons section, but every region in the game has like its own person that calls you about stuff. Yeah. And who the hell knows any of these who they are? Like I couldn't remember one. Yeah. Like people call you all the time to do things, but there's never enough like waiting to anything that's not the main path for the majority to you, for you to like really care. But anyway, we're going to get into that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Delamain, as we mentioned, yeah. he's a bit of the, uh, he's a robot that's uh, sort of pretty funny. He gives a bit of bit of stick every now and then, but is also a bit psychotic in, yep. the, in the bung AI sense. Yeah, and he meets V when they are getting transported back from the heist at mm. the start of the game. Yeah. They deliver... The taxi is set up to pick them up by Dexter to to get him out of there because mm. it's like full bulletproof and they get like the premium cab so they, like, no one can shoot into it or something. That's right, yeah. And they like basically drop Jackie off to wherever because Jackie's like dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's how he like knows V. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But so, it's an AI. Yeah. So a good character yeah. even in just the world building, I think. Um, yeah. He's just be. an AI that runs like a taxi service. Yeah. And all these cars have their own minds. So there's like a million Dalamains. Yeah. And, that, and all these taxis go rogue. Yeah. So you have to like help him get the taxis back and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you can a- choose. Did You did that whole quest? Because at the end, you can choose options. You can like side with Dalamain. You can kill Dalamain and let the taxis free. All this stuff. Did you, do you remember? I didn't finish it. Oh. You like get into the hive mind and you have to decide what you're going to do. And I killed Dalamain. That's fair. And I let all the taxis roam free on their own in their own minds. Oh, good for them. Yeah. 
Set yeah. those butterflies yeah. free. I just shot like the, the hive mind down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's like three or things you could do. Love a hive mind. Always yeah. a really intimidating villain. Yeah. Really. <laughs> uh, so we have Pan Am Palmer, who's a love interest and our preferred love interest in the game. The nomadic, nomadic uh, sort of uh, gunslinging femme fatale. Yeah, she's the most. She's, like, she's rocking. She's the most down to earth person you meet in the whole game, which is why yeah. it's, she's immediately attractive. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, because <laughs> she's not. She's somewhat normal. Yeah, it actually is. Uh, she actually is. You're right. Like the more normal character in it. She's not. Yeah. In the same, in a sort of way that makes sense. She's not the city personality that everyone else is. She's still grounded and all about her family, being yep. the her nomadic tribe. Yeah, the Alicados. Yeah, uh, whereas like everyone in the city, everyone's all for themselves and about yep. obviously the all the political power, uh, posturing, and yep. she just sort of strips it back. It's just about the family. Obviously, she helps you do some big stuff um, with arms, but it's just uh, you actually meet her in you actually meet her at the afterlife too. Yeah, or like from a quest from Rogue, mm. you want Rogue's, Rogue's help, but she has you have to help, get help from Pan Am. Yeah, because Pan Am's like out of her family at that point. Mm. So you meet her in Night City, but then. Um, really get to find out about her as you go on, on all her like you know clan in the desert and all that and that, all the family sort of way which you know you start as a nomad in the game like we did and you get plenty of extra dialogue in that sense because you're a nomad as well so there's mm. lots of extra things to say and you know which helps your case yeah and I think uh, always yeah. had time always had time for Pan Am she called me oh yes yeah. absolutely uh, so we mentioned Goro before and he's uh, he's he bitterly hated V to start with. Uh, just didn't trust you. Just had the, uh, just had the. He was jaded, and it's fair fair to say why his masters got killed. But this in the in a sort of in a cliche but really sort of nice way. He's got he's the old samurai with the on, with honor, mm-hmm. and you just can't help but just respect everything he feels, really, because yeah. you know he's not going to do you do you wrong if you're doing the right thing. Judy Alvarez, the sort of uh, I don't know the uh, the yin to Pan Am's yang. If we're talking about love interests in the game, yeah, she's kind of like the female or male inner city grungy mechanic. E, yeah, love interest, bit of a greaser. I think you actually in a in a, uh, in a mechanic sense. I'm pretty sure I I might have this wrong, but I'm pretty sure you're read to to have her as your love interest. You actually have to play as a female V. You do. Yeah, because Judy Judy was in love with Evelyn, mm. and that's why Ju- Judy spends most of this game depressed, severely. Well, Be- all because... you really do is help her to f- find Evelyn. Yeah, yeah, and she's miserable the whole time. It's quite sad. That's a, there's yeah. a st- sad arc. She yeah. helps. I had my eyes set on Pan Am, so I was kind of like, I'll help you, but you know, don't don't get any ideas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and just a just a couple of other characters um, that I've got anyway. Victor Vector. Yeah, didn't have to say much, but he's the one who sort of starts giving you these cybernetic enhancements and saves V's life multiple times. He's yeah, just he's a fixer. Of, he's a fixer. Uh, he's, no, he's a. It's, a, it's a, the name is something else. A, a fixer is what Dexter is, who's like the guy that gives you the jobs. But, you're but right. Victor is something else, but yeah, I can't remember the name. Something, yeah, but he's um, oh, a ripper doc. A, yeah, nice, a ripper doc. Yeah, so he, yeah, uh, nice. they're sort of like the illegal doctors. Uh, so they give like bootlegged uh, cybernetic enhancements that aren't aren't legal. And he's super cool, very cliche, just 
Got the deep voice. I don't know how he talks. Don't don't look at me like that. I, d- I didn't even give you a look. Shut up. Just look at you. I can't talk. <laughs> I'm trying my best. Uh, He's always watching boxing. He is always watching boxing. He's always watching the same fight. Dreaming, uh, remembering the better days. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. But he he's he's a good egg. He always looks out for V and he um, saves V more than once. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then also we spoke about Johnny probably enough. That and, but he's a fantastic character. Yep. Um. Again, just the rock. He's just a classic rock star, kick ass, charging head first sort of person. Anti-establishment. Yep. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. He's very. He's rock punk twenty seventy seven. Yep, for sure. And he's got a big silver arm, metal yes. arm, hence the name. Silver hand. Yeah, and there's a drink named after him at the afterlife because he's a legend. Yes, and he has a, yeah. an incredible magnum, which just one-shots everyone. Oh, the he, best. When you have segments playing as his memories, which is probably a key detail. So but good. The, uh, yeah, you get to play memories of his throughout the story, and they're very... Uh, very full on, but that sort of pieces together the puzzle of why he's the way he is. Because you think initially he's just yep. a terrorist, yep. and then you slowly realize he's trying to save Alt. Yeah, um, he's just extremely, uh, like, he's just been through it all. But he's also not a good person. No. He's like he's not he's not a redeemable, no. nice guy. Which is why it's like a weird choice at the end to decide if you want to give him your body. Yeah. Because <laughs> you almost feel like, oh... Like, he's done enough for me and my life's going to end anyway if I keep my body, probably. So you kind of feel like it. Mm. But he's not actually a good person. It's like, no. you sh- probably shouldn't. But no, his gun's the best. Yeah. He has the best gun. You get it. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if everyone gets it, but I got it. Like, I, pl- I used Johnny's gun in my ending as V. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I think- was, like, absolutely pumping everyone. It was so good. Maybe I did. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was a different, like, side quest where I got it, mm. but I had it. Yeah. yeah. So there are a couple of other characters in Phantom Liberty, the new DLC, which we haven't we haven't played, so we touch on. But by all accounts, oh. they're very couple of very cool characters in that. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, when we wanna, we can console link that DLC, man. Oh, bruh. Because we've both got the game, but we're sharing our our uh, stuff I don't know, libraries now or whatever. Do we're doing things? <laughs> so we could just buy it together. Yeah. Yeah. If we want to play it, you missed out on. If, I don't know if you've done it or not, but obviously Jackie. Yeah. Uh, he's like a big. Uh, he's kind of like that. I don't know if he's like Mexican or or what, but he's kind of like that sort of um, comedic best friend. Yeah. Type character that's like a bit quirky. The buddy cop. Yeah, buddy cop, and then he has a girlfriend named Misty, who works in a. Um, she's like kind of like a fortune teller. She she uses tarot cards to tell V's fortune a bunch of times through the game. Yeah. And um, she actually is like, I actually really like her as a character. She has lots of really good conversations with V. She's very caring. Especially towards the end of the game. She gives V the tablets um, that if he wants to take and end his life at the end of the game, which is one of the endings, you can just die. Mm. Uh, She gives you them. And that sort of decision that you make as to what you want to do at the end of the game in terms of um, your assault on Arasaka Tower, um, the decision you make on the roof of Misty's shop and she like, you know, conceal consoles you through everything that's going on a bit. Yeah, she's just a good character. I, I thought. Yeah, just that, just that kind shoulder. Yeah, to lean on. Yeah, and uh, I found every tarot card around Night City. Um, Bloody hell! Had to, I had to find them all in probably less time than I took to find none of them. I drove all over that city. <laughs> They're all on the map. Yeah, I know. So you just got to like basically put them as a pin. 
and then just like go there and find it. And they're not that hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like it was that hard. It just took me ages because I didn't want because basically and to get we might as well like segue into the gameplay. Basically, I like love the the driving in this game. I don't know what it is because I've never even been like that into GTA. Obviously, like you know that. But for whatever reason, in this game, I just like love driving around Night City. Mm, even even, like, mo- even motorcycling. Yeah, yeah. Well, love the motorbikes because you can actually see your character. <laughs> That's a good point. Because <laughs> yeah, I just like like seeing my guy. Yeah, because it goes to third person. Yeah. yeah. So I drove so much, and um, yeah, when I found all the tarot cards, I didn't want to fast travel, so I like spent I spent like a couple of hours just driving the city finding tarot cards because I didn't want to do any fast travel because fast traveling is a plague on the industry. In my opinion, I'm sick of I, I'm it's over service. I'm sick of fast traveling. I actually want to just spend longer in games and just like walk places. Well, I'm getting a bit sick of fast traveling. Spider Man's an example of a game that didn't need <laughs> the, oh. fa- the the fast traveling was already at about two seconds, and they somehow went, yeah, now it's one second, and that's the yeah. best thing ever. It's like we didn't I need know. that, and also this is the game. That's a game based on it, um, based on traversal. Just <laughs> let us do it. Let us do it. Imagine fast traveling in Spider Man. Mm. Instead of swinging, yeah, that is like that just makes me so sad. Put your head in the bin, yeah. Um, but yeah, I love the driving. Did you, I even did all the races? Did you do all the races? <laughs> if you think side, I did anything, do that side quest. I didn't do a damn thing. There's a whole, there's a whole racing series. You go in a competition and you have to get in the top three to make the final. And I did all the races. I think I it's failed. with the bartender lady at the afterlife. She's a mechanic and she wants you to come and race for her in her car. It's really fun. I wasn't that efficient, Will. Yeah, so I did lots of lots of racing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, gameplay. I mean, I think generally the gameplay across the entire game is is fine enough. Like it, it does the job. I don't think it's like out of this world good. No, it could have. It depends what you're talking about, but as a generalization, it's like it's fine, serviceable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm I'm the same. I believe like. I like the, the driving. I like. I thought the stealth was pretty good. Um, you know, using the, all, oh. all the gadgets and everything to <laughs> sort of micromanage your way around. But yeah, for pretty much purely based on the interface um, as well, that it made things too confusing at times to think quickly and just just flow. If that makes sense. Like I, I, I felt like yeah, even at times where there were a lot of sequences where you'd sort of they try to blend run and gun and then stealth or back and forth. Um, you know, pick your own way, sort of thing. I felt like the open run and gun style wasn't good enough to really work that well or feel good. Mm. And the stealth felt pretty good, but then it was too easy to sort of break out of it. Um, because even though you know what's going on around you, there's so like you can sort of track your enemies and mark them, <laughs> but as soon as you're like, I just felt like I had blind spots all the time where there was a bit of surveillance, like there's just so many eyes yeah. that made it. You had to be perfect to get a lot of it right. Got to use your RAM points. Yeah, RAM points to sort of yeah, and they're sort of to points shut allocated. Down yeah, cyber things. Yeah, so if you had six RAM points and and shutting down a camera, use three. You could you know you could use that and then find a couple <laughs> other bits like short circuiting one villain. But it was just some of them weren't worthwhile. Um, there was a couple that were okay, like yeah, shutting the cameras off every time, sure. But that was the main use case. Yeah. Yeah, I can't but, believe you thought stealth was good. No, I just thought it was my main. I just I like uh, stealth, so I used it a bit. But I just I, don't. No, think I know. It's fantastic. I, I know you like stealth. That's why I thought you would mm-hmm. hate it because I thought the stealth was terrible. 
and I yeah. don't even love stealth. I don't, but I know you love it. So I was like, I thought the stealth was like I spent. I actually did a lot of stealth, way more than you'd probably expect me to do. And it was just yeah, the, it just felt cheap. Maybe I had maybe I needed to turn the difficulty up. I don't know, but it, felt, it just felt cheap to me. Mm. And I thought the shooting was serviceable. Some guns were like really cool. I had a really cool um, like charge beam rifle that I used a lot, oh, um, especially in late so game confusing. bosses. But generally, the shooting was like fine. I thought the stealth was really bad. Well, it all comes down to too much choice with the weapons, especially. But the even with stealth, so maybe a better way of putting it is they they sort of gave you everything you things you needed that if you wanted to try perfectly, the, the option was there to do stealth, mm. right? Uh, a lot of the time, I, I would get halfway through completing a spot, uh, a section in stealth, and it just completely blow the whole thing. But a few times I pulled it off, so I found it satisfying when I pulled it off. But I don't. I think um, like so the opportunity is there, but maybe the gameplay wasn't there to support it as well as it should have. And, and like it made you, it made it didn't make you feel like a total badass at any point when you should no. have been like an absolute hacking mastermind by yeah. the end of it. You yeah. just end up being like. I don't know what's happening. I've got to hurry up and shoot these guys. I can't quickly think on the spot to do this cool thing yep. that is futuristic. Yep. It's just like, I was going to go the old school. I'm just going to shoot them until they die. Well, yeah, there was no... Um, there was a little danger to failure. Yeah. Like little consequence to failing at stealth because yep. you would just break out into a very ge- general shootout mm. that you could just win. Yeah. So, so like doing stealth was like... You would do it to make it feel like it's more immersive, rather than the fact, rather than you have to do stealth or you'll stuff this up. Mm. In my opinion, sudden realization though, maybe the reason you got so much more done. I, I think I, I think I played it on hard. Mm. Maybe that that could be an explanation. I played it on normal. Yeah, so you suck. I could have turned it up. It wasn't hard. No, no, that's what I'm saying though. <laughs> I'm just thinking that's maybe why I took longer. I'm pretty sure, I'm and things. I don't want to just out you here, <laughs> but I'm pretty damn sure. Let me confirm. I'm pretty damn sure you put this game on easy and ran through it. No, that was that was Horizon, Forbidden West. I, I'm pretty damn sure <laughs> you did it for Cyberpunk. Just let me check. Because I know you wanted to fly through this game because there was something else you wanted to play after. You were zipping through it. Yeah, it was Horizon that I wanted to play after. <laughs> just give me a minute. Maybe you were, were on hard. But uh, I feel like you're on easy. While you're looking for that, I reckon, yeah, so I think this stuff was crap. The shooting is fine. Some guns, like, there's, like, trick advanced weapons as well. And, like, you have to have required extra skill yeah. points to use them properly. You're going to be at a certain level. I have no idea. I, I have no understanding of how to use weapons like that. And I also have no understanding on how to actually identify which weapons are those. Uh... <laughs> They'd just come up with red if you couldn't use it. But you could still hold them, yeah, just not I, as well. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. I don't know, like, maybe we can get into, like, the menus. I think... <laughs> just as a, line it up, get it all out of your system. <laughs> Look, the menus, all right? The menus in the game, the skill trees... Oh, here's why I'm getting confused. It's because I'm on the wrong bloody section. Oh. And we've cut early to our we've cut early to our cons. 
<laughs> just get it out. Get it we're out. We're gonna go back to we're gonna go back to the the general gameplay thoughts. All right, but cons. I gotta let this out. All right. So yeah, combat weak, <laughs> weak combat. Gunplay was okay. Game was super easy. And I said, yeah, as I said, stealth is terrible, so bad. And I know you love stealth, so I imagine you weren't particularly satisfied by it. But here, here you are saying that you thought it was good. So there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, cyber mechanics. So I felt such a lack of desire to seek out cyber enhancements to my body because I felt like the majority of them made little to no difference at all. I Like, what did they do that made the game different? And the same goes for using RAM because there was upgrades, skill trees or whatever to upgrade your RAM points and RAM effects. But everything just felt like the same effect with a different name. Yeah. And then skill trees as well. Just get out of my life. Yeah, seriously, the skill trees and the way that they like were presented, like you, there's like a row at the bottom of things, and you can't unlock the next area from a line until you've—I I don't even know how. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, do you have to unlock an amount? Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, but then I swear my like number on the left was like it was like to fifteen, right? And then my thing would be on like twelve out of fifteen, and somehow I'd unlock like the whole, like I'd unlock like part of the next section. And all these things, I don't know. It just like <laughs> it pissed me off so bad, and I didn't want to read them all. And like each icon had like multiple levels. <sighs> I will. And then and then yeah, there was like every page. There was like seven or eight different pages of skill trees just for your like general skills or whatever. Mm. Different things you could attributes you could level up. Yeah. Um. They. Uh, there'd be like one in the corner on each page which would uh, match up to abilities to do with this attribute for when you were driving a car. So it was like your car performance or your like your um, health or defense while you're driving. And we're like, talking like... The, who the hell needs that? Like when does that ever happen in the game? And we're talking like <laughs> improve such and such by 7.5% when doing such oh, and such. Like, uh, the I, numbers. I just want to say quickly, numbers. A good industry correction could be on the way. Hopefully, um, the Assassin's Creed, the last three Assassin's Creed games, Origins, uh, Odyssey, and Valhalla, had infinite uh, skill trees, or at least the second two did. Um, the last two did, um, where you just you keep selecting different bits and pieces around this map that keeps revealing. It's like a fogged map, and as you unlock it, so it's not intimidating from the start. But if you saw it all at the start, it would literally be. 1,000 different points you could do <laughs> with one skill, though. And then randomly throughout there, there'll be acti- like proper ability upgrades, mm. but they're so scattered throughout. It's so weird. It'd yeah. be like increased defense by one. Yeah. That's uh, it's intense. You could auto-allocate them, luckily, but it's in Assassin's Creed Mirage, there's only like... There's three little trees, and they all have about maximum 10 uh yeah maximum of 10 like items and you know exactly right. what you need to do it's all on one screen all the time <laughs> and you have to unlock you know it'll say there's a line between what you have to unlock first to get to the next bit it's super simple yeah and i because i i don't like i i i'm fine with skill trees in their most basic form but mm-hmm. yes anything complicated I hate the things. I just get lost staring at them. and and this and Cyberpunk because this menu is mm. so convoluted. I got lost every single time I went into the menu. Not a joke. I I there wasn't one time where I went straight to where I needed to. Yeah, it was so intense. I even kept forgetting how where the map was. Same. 
I forgot I forgot about sections of the menu <laughs> for like half the game every time. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, there's this thing. Oh, I'll use all my skill points now that I've been hoarding for the last 10 hours. Yeah. Because I didn't know I had them or I didn't well, know how to spend them. You also just randomly like get points and up and your street cred goes up. Yeah. Just for doing the game. Like that, I have no idea tough. what influences doing <laughs> that or what gets you more points. And yeah. then you just use your points on all this crap that you don't want to read. And like c- cyberpunk-y stuff, like cybernetic robotic stuff, that doesn't actually, that, that's not a natural thing that we know about. Mm. So we can't just like be expected to know this like giant skill tree and go, oh, that 8% on that. Like, oh, that, of course, like that makes sense. Mm. Like who the hell knows this crap? Like, I don't know. I bought my first <laughs> cybernetic enhancement, but besides the initial the couple you can get throughout the game, probably like part of the story. First time I actually bought one was after 20 hours. Yeah. And I could only buy afford two of them. <laughs> and I was like, what is the point? It would be like in, increase o- oxygen lung capacity by th- three points. Yes, no, you like must what? have had much money. I mustn't have. I didn't know what was going on. I had so much money. I'm telling you, I didn't know what was going on. I had so much credits. But that was just because I sold everything. Yeah. I constantly sold all my weapons. You pick up like 65 weapons at a time in your inventory and I'd sell... 62 of them because mm. I'd only keep the three that I wanted. Yeah. And they'd give you so much money. But yeah, yeah anyway, skill trees. I did say before that fast travel is a plague to the industry. Skill trees is the biggest plague to the game industry. No question about it. Microtransaction, battle passes, I'd, battle packs. Oh I don't my know what God. They are still. I'd, skill trees <laughs> are like, it's actually a virus. They're in every game mm. and they're all stupid. Anyway, what happened to the good old, gonna, just gonna, give me a, give me a, a visible enhancement? As I complete the game, just say, here's your here's your extra sword. Thank you. Yeah. And that's it. Just give it to me. Make me have it. Make me take it. Don't give me the choice. I could get so mad but, talking about this. And it's not even like just cyberpunk related. <laughs> it's just generally it's so annoying. Yeah. But in cyberpunk, it's the worst. Most worst kind of annoying because the content isn't natural to like our brains. Yeah. So it's just like even worse. Um. All right, more cons. All right. I've, it's going to make me sound like I really hate this game. And obviously, we just gushed about the story. No, we, so spoke, we spoke how much you like I it. Don't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like the... the sorry, the, just, there are reasons why this game didn't take off for three years. Yeah. So we don't have to, we, we don't have to cover up for those three years. Yeah. I feel like the game has this like feeling of loose ends being really unresolved after the credits when you finish the game. Because obviously, it has multiple endings. And I think multiple endings in games just makes me feel really unsatisfied. Like I haven't really completed the game. Like I feel it's like it makes you feel guilty because I haven't seen all of the endings. Yeah. And I don't know. Like I don't think players should be left hanging like that. Like I think I don't generally like games that have multiple endings. And I think this game, even though I I did all the requirements for every ending. Like if I wanted to, and I, did, I actually did a save laid a save point down before the start of that last um, mission, Nocturne, whatever. And so I could have just reloaded that and done the ending three, four times if I wanted to, but I just couldn't, couldn't be asked when I finished it. But I, so I, I like understood where, how to get to every ending, like what the story meant. Mm. But I did the ending with Pan Am and the Aldecados, which was basically um, going into Arasaka Tower from the desert through a tunnel in a massive tank and you go underneath Arasaka Tower and that's how you get in. And the thing is, is 
that ending had nothing to do with any of the other characters from the other endings. So if I've only played the game once, which I have, and for other people that have, and you do the Pan Am ending, there's no resolution to any of the major plot one of the game, which is about the death of Saburo and his son killing him and all the stuff you do with Goro and Hanako and all that stuff. Not one mention of any of those characters in Pan Am's ending. Yeah. So I've, I never got a resolution on the majority storyline of the game. Because Pan Am's toxic. She's, she, did, <laughs> she wasn't the best for you. But you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like there's no overlap. Like I, 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 hate, I hate it when there's no... I hate when there's lack of impact on the wider world. It's like watching um, a Mar- an MCU movie, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, and then at the end of the day, it has no impact on the rest of the universe. Mm. It's that sort of thing. Yeah. There was slight crossover with Johnny's slash rogue ending because you fight Adam Smasher and Adam Smasher is saying to you during the fight, where's Johnny? Because he's expecting him. Yeah. So like there's slight crossover with that, but the ending that I could have chosen with Hanako, because one of the ending parts is like to meet with Hanako Arasaka to go via that route, uh, never, never resolved. I left Night City with Pan Am at the end of the game and for all I know Yoronobu is just alive and that's never been resolved yeah <laughs> so like I just think that feeling is um, I just think that's poor by the the game yeah I just think that's not right I I had a really good uh, sort of general final sequence and correct me if I'm wrong I don't know if this happened I don't know if this happened after the fight or before it but you know when you go up to like space or something and you're in like that rehab thing and you're going in a loop about getting help? Um, I'm pretty sure this is cyberpunk. Rehab? <laughs> yeah, it's cyberpunk. Right. And that agent dude, he's South African. Buchan. Oh, um, it's all coming back to me. Yeah. you go. I went up to space to get like a rehab. You're on a treadmill, he falls over. You have to like tell her what you see on the page or finish the sentence. And it goes over like over and over. It's like V doing rehab. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. Did we do different endings? Maybe like, that's all. I'm not. I, I can't remember. That's but not. Part, that's definitely not part of my ending. Yeah. Okay. What ending did you do? <laughs> I'm not thinking of Detroit. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, I, this sounds. This sounds like cyberpunk. Mm. So I think I remember something like this from that YouTube video series I watched. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. So what did you choose to do at the end of the game? Did you choose to meet with Hanako Arasaka and like like solve the thing with Yoronobu? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's really that hard to remember. Did Sorry. V leave Night City with Pan Am at the end of the game? No. Well, then you didn't do Pan Am endings. That's what I did. V yes. and Pan Am left Night City together to start a new life at the end of the game for me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I chose to die. And they were going to fix V. They yeah. had like people to meet with that were going to help heal oh, him properly. That's fun. So you did a different ending. Yeah, yeah okay. Good. Yeah. And I nearly, yeah, I opted to die rather than give Johnny control. I wiped him. And you couldn't, there was no option for you to stay alive. I think he lasts like six months or something. Yeah. So you play immediately. So, but in, he's your, gonna, he's yeah, so in your storyline, there was no hope of living. No. Right, because in mine, there was... There was hope that I would find the find the right cure. We were going to go meet 
find the, find the answer. Well, I didn't know. Yeah, at the no, time. I'm saying, why? Like, why? Why? Why wasn't I told that I could survive this? This is what I'm saying. <laughs> you'll never know unless you. You'll never know unless you play both endings. Skill trees. They got me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, it's cool. We had different experiences. So, what happened with Yorinobu? <laughs> You reckon I know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I have to watch it on YouTube or something. Yeah, um, I could play it. But I don't, don't, no, don't, don't play it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was a that was a bit of a darker, darker thing. You go into a bit of rehab in space. Grim. This weird space station thing. Bizarre. Um, it's in a loop thing, so he's like going through like hallucinating and going through this recovery, and it just keeps looping and going every day over and over, and you're waiting to get out. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Maybe it's just me. I don't so know. So did you do the whole Pan Am love storyline? I don't think I got to finish it. I didn't. I missed a bit. Did you have sexy time with Pan Am? No, I wanted to. Yeah, so you didn't do it. You didn't do it all. Did you steal the massive tank? Yes. Yeah. Did you do that? <laughs> it's like a massive armored tank. You like steal it in a train uh, heist. Uh, the corpos are like taking it out through the Badlands on a train. This massive tank thing, and you steal it. And that's what you drive into Arasaka Tower. It's like a gigantic, like floating tank thing that like shoots the shit out of everything. Ah, uh, no. And that's what you do in the last mission. You like assault the tower in this massive tank. Oh, I wish I'd done that. Yeah. You sound like you had way more fun. <laughs> well, I got to. I was just mis- I, I was just misery and in- Pan Am. So yeah, <laughs> I was just misery and slow suicide. Pan Am and V have sex inside the tank, and they they like chip their heads into the into the um, tank for like overdrive while they're doing it. <laughs> It's like a whole thing. Oh, it's a thing. The future's weird, man. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you um, got to experience experience that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's how I feel about the loose the the loose ends on the end of the game. And lastly, to wrap up my criticism, <laughs> I just think, and I, we won't have to stay on this, but I think generally, like the user experience of the game, with yeah, like we said, with the menus, is really lacking. And it just does a really bad job at explaining things to you in general. Yeah. It I, just like, yeah. I, I was I, I thinking of like something like Grand Theft Auto, which is always a big game. I always found it a bit rough even in that game, in those in, in the Grand Theft Auto games where you're playing through and it'll come up with a black, you know, black box with text saying, here's what you have to do to do this. And then it'll cut to another, you know, shot of the building. You come here to do to get food, you go there to get whatever. Mm. And even those moments can be a bit overbearing because they do an mm. info dump. This thing gives you all of the tools and and then hides the explanations for the tools inside the tools yeah. deeper. <laughs> and like, yeah, oh, um, I want to touch on something else gameplay-wise just after this briefly. We missed a, a fun part. Well, um, yeah, I, I sort of skipped my like whole gameplay sports <laughs> a couple of things. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... Um, yeah, this game just makes it so hard to find the basics. And I think the least they could have done, sure, if they wanted to include all of this, all of this role playing, uh, like RPG elements, make everything so customizable. I think they at least needed to give put more work into these explanations for people who yeah. who are just wanting to have a fun futuristic experience. It's like we played Witcher. Like we slowly got into it, and then as soon as we were out of it, like we've mentioned. You try to play it again, you just you can't learn that all again. Like it's yeah. so there's just so much to, to know. Yeah, and that's why I say in this game, if I properly want to learn everything, fifty hours 
And like even you, you got you played all these side missions and you still don't know stuff. You still don't understand so much, which is fair. I feel like I actually don't understand like seventy five percent of the game. Yeah, or it never becomes <laughs> it never becomes a natural like habit just to do things. You always yeah. have to think, and as soon as you go to that menu, you're just like, oh, like what am I even doing here? How do I do stuff? Even yeah. looking at the map was hard for me sometimes. Yeah, trying yeah. to follow the the waypoint on the map. Yeah, I went straight past it a million times. Oh yeah, that's just probably could just be me, but. I only realized right towards the end of my playthrough that to seek out further side content and smaller gigs and missions, there's actually places on the map where you go to talk about picking up gigs. Yeah, little green, I, the little green screen things. I, I don't know, like, um, it was probably said once when you open the map, but I had no idea. I yeah. did all the gigs and side content that came to me naturally. But I never thought about that because I was like, how the hell do you like 100% this game? I feel like I've beaten the game and I did so much. And it's like 30, I've played like 30 hours. And then you go online and it's like time to 100%, 110 hours. It's like, from what? <laughs> but there's yeah. like a million things on the map to do, but you got to go find them yourself. And it's hardly explained. Yeah. So you just don't interact with it and then you just don't come back to the game, man. Yeah. And speaking of GTA, that that was the sort of game where I did that all the time, where I'd forget a feature, and a lot of games do this, and it's probably a sin to be honest, where they explain things early on to sort of set the tone and say, "Hey, this is the sort of stuff you can do in a game." But it's like in a TV show, mm. if you watch the first three or four episodes, you'll rarely remember all the character. You, you won't know the characters' names until about the fourth episode. So then, when you once yeah. you finish, you go back and watch again. You're like, "Oh, that's what this character was, and this is what this was doing." Yeah. So I used to, as a kid, always when I always play a game the second time, I'd realize they did tell me that something was in the game <laughs> at the very start, but I had no idea of the context of the thing. I was getting my head around it. Yeah. And these sort of games really need to put that extra effort in to say, hey, just a reminder, this is a thing. And you go, oh, yeah, now that I understand where it fits in, that makes sense. Yep. So th- this game did shit me with that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. What do you want to touch on on gameplay? Just very quickly, the... We spoke about it with Evelyn showing brain, you the brain dance. Brain dance, yeah. And brain dance or BDs is sort of like a where you get to they're illegal um they're illegal products where people basically recorded memories and it's not always the case, but people would sell them on the street, recorded memories of them doing thrill seeking or even in some cases killing themselves or mm. had footage and so people would put that memory or recording into their brain and get the thrill of living that high risk moment even yeah. if it was killing himself so like v does it and he wakes up like oh geez i thought i'd died mm. but some people actually pay a whole lot of money for that for that thrill yeah so people would i think people what they would do and correct me if i'm wrong would get someone set up with a bd or a um a recording and then shoot them and then take that out of them and sell it because say, hey, here's the thrill because we killed someone so you could get this thrill mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, maybe. It's something like that. Yeah. It's really dark, but it's just reliving the memories of other people, piecing it together from other, like sort of a detective mode from um, <laughs> like um, Batman. Yeah, that's, that's what I wrote. I think I wrote that too. I was like, mm. it's kind of like detective mode. Yeah. I feel like the concept's very interesting, but it feels uh, quite underdeveloped to me just yeah. because uh, a lot of times even though you've got the options to check for different elements for cues, like visual elements, sound waves, different things, mm. it always seemed like for the majority of the ones you play through the story, at least, you, if you just play the recording, 
on the normal line at the top, you'll find the one clue you need and then you can just back out and exit. Yep. Like it, it never felt like you had to spend enough time there for it to be valuable. I just felt like it was for the majority just a time waster for some that the character could have found out in various other ways. Yep. Um, but I think it's a cool idea. Like I actually really like the idea. I think if they expanded on it, it could become something really cool. Yeah, totally. Like, I don't think they should get rid of it. No. I think they should just like work on making it a really interactive thing to do. Mm. And I think this, uh, I think just adds to this very dystopic thing as well. Where there's just, there's not really an example in this game of the technology and technological advancements being a good thing, uh, morally or ethically, I suppose, as well. Mm. Yeah. So, the brain dancers, just wanted to mention them because that is a key function of the game. Yeah. And how people can just, Become the memories of others, basically, as is the case with Johnny and V. Yeah. Um, yes. Before we, I guess, wrap this up, get to a burning question, I've got a couple other small gameplay thoughts. So I thought the world itself, like, it sort of feels semi-alive. Like, as we've gone through the lore, I think the lore of the world in general and the interactions with the characters was top-notch. Although I couldn't... I don't think I could tell you a thing about any of the areas or like divided sections of Night City. Like the neighborhoods and districts. Yeah, or mm. any of the various clans and groups that exist in the whole city. I thought those I couldn't tell you. I thought those clans and groups did add character to their little areas, as in so for everyone playing along at home, if you go onto your um open the map, it'll have territories sort of each district's controlled by a different gang. Yeah. The the uh Maelstrom were a very cool one. They came into the story early and they're these guys who are like skinheads, um, big boots, and they'll have like steel teeth in their in their gobs, and like extremely physically modified yeah, um, and quite creepy. Um, the voodoo boys, of course, they mm-hmm. were the sort of um, the Rastafarian sort of sort of group yep. Um, yep. who we had a lot of dealings with. So I think, yeah, I think they came, when they came to the story, it was relevant enough. And if you sort of go through and, you can confront gangs and stuff just by driving around the streets, but yeah, yeah. but I do think it was sort of underutilized. If that's what we're yeah, getting at, yeah, I feel like maybe if we if you like seeked out more random gigs, you probably come across them more just in general. Mm. But yeah, I say semi alive because the world felt obviously somewhat populated, but there's still like a, like you said, there's still a clear limitation on on that in probably a bid to preserve frame rate and performance, which I get. But I think they did a good enough job that it didn't really bother me on my final playthrough that I made it through with mm. this 2.0 update. I feel like it's serviceable enough because you played it before this 2.0 update. Um, I think it's it's relatively filled out the world now, but not. But it's definitely like y- it could be more. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, a few more points. I like that. There's a lot of choices through dialogue that can actually impact the result in a lot of ways. And like I said, I'm not always a fan of making dialogue choices, but I think maybe it's because I've mainly tried it in like Bethesda RPGs and hated it because <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's because I just don't like those games. Uh, yeah. And lastly, um, yeah, the voice acting and acting by the characters and cast was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, some of the best I've ever, ever experienced. I was absolutely hooked on the story. I think CD Projekt Red... If they want to pat themselves on the back for anything in the game, it would be for the supreme writing, acting, and in-game dialogue and development work they did around that to make every interaction with the other characters feel 
like it was real life. And mm. I think other games honestly should aspire to have like co- writing and content this good in their games. And what I mean by that is the actual in-engine like talks you have with other characters feel so real. Because like when you play, for instance, if you like look up the dialogue in Star uh, Starfield, the character will just be like standing dead still in the middle of the screen, and just its mouth just moves up mm. and down. It's so like primitive. Yeah. But in Cyberpunk, it's like everything is. It's like you're watching a TV all show. Mo- all mocap. Yeah, it, it's TV. so like good. Mm. Uh, that's that was just like amazing. I just felt so immersed in the game because of that. Yep. And obviously, it's first person, which makes it more immersive. Yeah. Um. Even that's like I don't even know. I think I think this game works as a first person game to me it makes you feel a lot up close to everything especially when you're in like you know a nightclub like the afterlife i think the fact that it's first person you feel a lot more absorbed in that space because you're so up close to everything sensory overload but then almost, it's also yeah. like a bummer to not be able to see you your character you created very often but you can look in the mirror in your apartment and look at yourself yeah so yeah. it's fine i know <laughs> oh, that, that's sort of a uh difficult balance to strike i think when they if they put something in first person and they have a voice, uh, and you sort of think, just tell me who who the character is and I'll play as them, which they do largely, but you still get to pick what they look like. Yeah. And again, it's sort of pointless if you're in first person. If you're in third person, sure, let me choose, but also understand that my cho- choice for the character, having not played the game yet, might not reflect the actual tone of the game properly. So I think I, I prefer... If, I prefer it if they just tell me exactly who to be. Um, and yep. um, I prefer them to have a voice for sure. I think V's voice, <laughs> it's not quite the Jason Brody, Ethan Winters uh, level. It's it's a, it's very intense. I think it's overacted. Yeah. I think it's overacted to an extent. It's a, it's, a, it's definitely overacted. Yeah. yeah, but not. I wouldn't yeah. say it's as bad as the other two. They're not, well, he's not quite as annoying. But yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is probably saying something because it probably has like, if you compare it to like Ethan Winters, it'd have the dialogue of V's. He probably has like five hundred percent more dialogue. Yep. So it's like the fact that it's not as annoying. That means it mustn't be that bad. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Shame. I wish I yeah. saw your character, like a screenshot of your character. Oh, it's I pretty cool. You mine. Yeah, um, it's pretty sick. Just got a big like a red mohawk, and he gets like yeah, you have a mohawk. Yeah. I, I had long pink hair. Is cyberpunk, dude? I had long, long, long pink hair and a um. Blonde-ish facial hair. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to find a picture. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, I just think uh, I think the characters, and you're right on mentioning that. I don't think I found any of them annoying, nah. which is a, which is incredible Neither. when there's that None. many characters, and they're pretty colourful. So normally there's a really annoying person. Yep. Or character. Think yep. of Resident Evil Five. That had five characters, and all of them were shit. <laughs> Talking about that soon. On the podcast. I actually can't wait to talk about that because <laughs> that that is a that is a <laughs> that is just going to be an absolute slander fest, and somehow people will be surprised that we actually had fun. <laughs> hey, it's not my least favorite, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. Um, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. What, what, did you have a? Did you want to fire off the old burning question first? Yeah, I actually have two. Is that all right? All right, we'll alternate. In one, two. One. I have two. Questions. Or they follow ups. You have to ask them both in it. They're not follow ups. They're not follow ups. Right. These are hit me. And as I as I said to you, when I was writing all my notes for this episode, it was like I was in a cathartic state. Not lethargic. Where where I was where I was just riding away like crazy. 
just happened. And I wrote these questions out and they're actually relatively, like as far as burning questions I've ever written, these are like the most thorough ones. <laughs> Normally they're like, would you play it again? Did you, tear, this is like, did you tear up? Were you shaking? As you wrote them. What? Well, you said you go right into it. You I just thought were you like, oh, ah. the dooging electrocuted in jackass the other yeah, it's night. Like that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> like, the like sorry. follow up noise after he stops. Yeah. Uh-oh. That was so good. <laughs> it's in jackass for every run we watched the other night. Yeah. Um, all right. Burning questions. So. Do you feel at all, this is a sort of a, maybe a burn to you, the second one's more in-depth, do you feel at all that by rushing through the story in an easy mode or whichever difficulty you played, you have... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Why do you just say whatever difficulty you played? Because I feel, because I really feel like you played it on easy, all right? Or at least the back half. Yeah. Um, do you feel that by rushing through the story, you have somewhat robbed yourself of the immersive experience the game provides or at least that it provided to me? Yes. Big time. Yeah. I didn't have the time though. Uh, I don't think I'd want to put more into it, especially at that time. I didn't want to put more time into it. I just wanted to do the thing, play it, say I've played it, give it a chance. And again, I enjoyed the story for what it was, but totally if if I was a developer at Pro- CD Projekt Red and heard me saying I played it in 20 hours and therefore found certain bits disappointing, I would understand if they just wanted to punch the shit out of me because <laughs> yeah. I did need to give it more time for sure. Yeah. So that's why I recommend, yeah, I know that's what you got too, but minimum probably even 35 hours or something like that, right? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm just like now that I've played it, I'm a little sad knowing that you rushed it. Yeah. <laughs> for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, just to give you a break, from such heated questioning. Um, similar, it's actually, this is very similar. And it's a burn, you, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, so are you, are you disappointed in yourself for not giving it a proper crack at the start, knowing that you came to love it? Because I know the, the improvements are sort of what took you into it, mm. but the story didn't change and the story is what you love the most of it. So are you sort of... I don't know, do you feel any sort of self-awareness of like, oh, I wish I had have given it the respect, it des- that the story, the respect it deserved at the time? Yeah, I get what, I can understand what you're saying and like that makes sense. I feel like I had... <laughs> but. Yeah. It's big, nonsense. <laughs> but, but you're wrong. <laughs> I think uh, I think I had justified reasons for stopping it when I did before and I felt like really... Uh, strongly about my views on why I didn't want to play it anymore at the time as well. And I think now that I've played it later, and obviously I played it after the update where it's like a bit more fixed, but I think if in a way it kind of feels really rewarding that I finally, it almost felt, it's kind of like the Donkey Kong 64 situation where that's a game where I just, it's like I'm cursed to never beat it. <laughs> I can't beat it. And Cyberpunk was like, I've tried it twice and I, couldn't do it and I uh, there's something in me where I want to beat it so yes maybe I feel slightly like guilty that I didn't just give it it's the time of full time of day before but it's also like internally rewarding that I finally clinched this game and now have made this like strong 
uh, I don't know, gaming experience or like memory for myself of something that I like in a way overcame. Yeah, that's fair. I, I still feel slightly the same way, even though I put less mm. time into it. I'm very glad that I ended up playing it. Yeah, no, I'm super happy that I played it. And yeah, maybe I could have played it earlier, but never, ba- never, <laughs> never, better late than never. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> better, better late than never. Um, all right, here's an, uh, the other question. So, what are your feelings towards the state of video games in uh, of of a video game of this magnitude and nature? Uh, state. What? Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's right. No, sorry. I, I are you right there? Are you, are you ready? Yeah. Ready? Take two. There <laughs> we go. What? Hopefully, I can. Yeah. What are your feelings towards the state of a video game of this magnitude and nature? like that it should be in at launch and what did you expect cyberpunk to achieve in the gaming sphere in terms of innovation and achievements firstly i wish that games weren't that big to start with when they're trying to make them so perfect Mm. like funnily enough though i reckon they were aiming for perfection with this and it went nowhere near it Mm. if you get something like these big sprawling games that grow over time like talking about those Bethesda games mm. there's something a bit not quite uh, top top notch that you sort of expect it to be a bit dodgy yeah. but yeah. people just love them for whatever reason even World of Warcraft right like that's just a slow grind it's not meant to be the best looking game ever but people love to play it forever mm. obviously completely different nature but I just I, I don't know I, I I think we're getting it's like the Marvel movies go, going for so long. Or you sorry, you were saying generally because I, I was just thinking that because the Marvels is a short, the shortest ever Marvel MCU movie. Mm. But you were saying the other day, like we we're looking on Netflix for a movie to watch, and we settled on Jackass because it was under an hour and a half. Yeah, and you're like, why is everything so long? And I just saw Killers of the Flower Moon a um, couple of weeks ago, and that went for three and a half hours. <sighs> well, well paced to be fair, but you don't need you can't do that all the time because every Mm. Scorsese's previous movie The Irishman was three and a half hours as well yeah um, like it's just self-obsession obsession at some point mm. uh, but I just um, Assassin's Creed Mirage was refreshing because they went back to just being a 20 hour experience I'm at yeah. 19 mind you and I'm it's going to be like a 25 30 but that, that'll be it that's all you have to put into it mm. um, these games are just so big and bloated uh, and this game, uh, yeah, it's it's bloated, but it's it's still quality. Witcher three again, that was bloated, but quality, really. Mm. But just for people like us, we're just like want to experience the full game and not have to just as soon as we start realize that okay, this is going to be like fifty hours at least for me yeah. to get the most out of it. Mm. I really hate that feeling. Um, so I just think it's a an industry problem where people think we need the biggest games now um i think we're coming out of it a bit because everyone's realizing like i think they call it like the sort of the goldfish era because we our attention spans are so short now <laughs> yeah. um but yeah i don't know i'm sort of i'm more disappointed that they felt the need to make this game so big um and, and i think so i know this is getting away from the point a bit but at the end of the day that makes the game so much more open to bugs because they can't possibly get their heads around what they've created yeah it's so big Mm-hmm. Like you can't say, hey, I've got a team dedicated to this bit and this bit and then this bit and this bit. Otherwise, they'd have like 100 different teams. Mm. 
So they just get some people to work on patching everything, and you're like, there's no way you could possibly find all this patch, all the all the bugs. Yeah, unless three years later you do. <laughs> I don't know. And then in find them all. You no. know why? Because there was one in. One, I I saw about four bugs in my playthrough, and one of them was the guy driving the car with the invisible car. Yeah. <laughs> Even in my recent playthrough, and. I was enjoying the game at that point, so I, I, it just made me laugh. Yeah. I didn't I, take it too seriously. I yeah. was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, those, those are the sort of things. Sure, if you have two or three in a big game, you understand it. We used to, like yeah. we've mentioned a hundred times, you used to accept that in the past because there weren't yeah. always patches yeah. post-release. But this sort of game is purely because they got overambitious, tried to do the biggest, best thing ever, and they just fell, yeah, well short. Um, yeah. And, and well short. At launch, of course. That's what I mean. Like, it, it, yeah. it is better now, but... Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah that's... It's uh, been a long chat. Did you... I mean, did you ever thought on that, though? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I mentioned earlier that companies should uh, not be, you know, launching games in, in poor states, no matter the magnitude of the project. But I also... I think like my second part of the question was like, what did you expect Cyberpunk to achieve in terms of innovation and achievements? I guess like the game was built up so much that I expected it to be that next big thing, similar to Watch Dogs. It was like the Watch Dogs are all over again, really. Mm. Um, and obviously it didn't hit the mark. But now that I've played it, uh, with it being you know playable, I think that it ex- achieved a great deal in terms of, uh, like I said, that story... Um, that like presentation of story and uh, and in-game acting and and all that stuff. I think that's yeah, it's one of the prime games ever for that. Yeah, but yeah. I just I don't know. I just think of something like Red Dead, and we're talking about the heaviness of characters. Talking about like scripting, how big the game is, how many pages of script there was, like what ten thousand, and that game was like like flawless. I don't know. Rockstar is like huge on the budget right they, they would have so much more resourcing but yeah i just think i don't know i just um i never i didn't expect it to be that big sorry because I, I did forget about the second half of your question about the achievements and everything i just don't um i didn't really expect a whole lot from it but there's this weird thing right where they think new game coming it's set in the future all this cool stuff's going to go on therefore the game must be innovative it's like no they're just making shit up because it's it's in the future. Yeah, like people think like, oh, this is a futuristic game, as in this is a massive technological advancement in our current times. Like, mm. no, no, they're talking about. I don't know why we think. Oh, there is a flying car in the game. Therefore, I am in the future. <laughs> yeah. It's like they've been talking about it for fifty years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird little. Yeah. Complex almost. I think. Uh, yeah, I think as a rule, if games are going to launch at the size of this game. Or a big game like like Cyberpunk, then they have to be on the same level of quality as Red Dead Two. Mm. That's like that should be the benchmark in terms of delivering like a, a an end to end quality experience that's that works. If Rockstar can get ducks <laughs> like, can get ducks to behave in patterns that reflect nature yeah. and eagles and yeah. decaying, they can get a car. To sit around a person, <laughs> yeah, and move along the road. I think they can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's yeah. just, it's interesting. It's a, it's a case study in itself. Mm. It's a very interesting case study. Yeah, I hope they do a docker on it or something one day. 
the development mm. of this game. Be a really, really good watch. Imagine all the modulated that. and shadowy speakers. They betrayed me. Yeah, no one wanting to reveal their identity. Yeah. <laughs> it was like slavery. Yeah. It's, it's actually Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's it, eh? Big chat. It's almost two hours long. Um, but we, I'm glad we have both played it. Mm. I'm happy generally that I stopped being a bitch and just played it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we both, yeah, got to have this chat. It's a great story. As I said, it's one of my favorites ever in ga- in a game mm. storyline. Um, and yeah, now that my recency goggles are off, obviously I see its shortcomings um, like we spoke about, but I can move past those and just ex- appreciate, you know, what, what, an, what an experience it was as a whole with a story and, and themes and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm I'm actually not even really sure at this stage if I'd want a, like a, a second one. Like I don't even know if I'd want like Cyberpunk two. I I, I have no like weird, I unlike, want, specific feeling on it. I want them the chance. I want them to be afforded the chance to get it right one more time. Yeah, I don't know. In, in about five years though, I don't want it anytime soon. Well, yeah, I think it's best we cool off on Cyberpunk for now, and focus on Steampunk 1877. I'm thinking about Bugpunk. What's what's Bugpunk? The bugs. Just bugs that are punk. Yeah, ape punk. <laughs> the ape. Not steampunk, 1877? I was thinking <laughs> cyberpunk, 1923. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if it works like that. <laughs> silent movies, talkies. Wait. No, silent. Talkies came after that. Silent punk. Yes. <laughs> there we go. We're onto something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any any outgoing thoughts before we sign off? No, I'm just glad we played it. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm glad we I'm glad we played it. It's actually a positive endorsement of the game. Strangely, because we're coming from a place where if we had have reviewed it two years ago, we'd be starting at about two out of ten. So yep. our again our love of story has triumphed, thankfully, which is always a sign of a strong That's game. What? It's what the the core value of this podcast has always been mm. is the the story and the characters, and, and this hey, game and- is uh, top of the class in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, it's just very it's just, it's just very very solid and reliable in all like so many characters in there. Yeah, they're all really strong. So I think it's yep. so anything negative we're speaking about, it could it would have been way more negative if it was two years ago. So again, we're just trying to we're just yeah. being realistic about the shortcomings, and of course things like the user interface that sort of they're bugbears of ours. Um, and and they could be they oh, could be an absolute dream to a complete PC nerd. It bugs me. Oh, they bug me. Bugs me. Don't worry. Yeah. But I just don't know the bug I, punk. I do it for a living, making. Oh, of course, user, yeah. User experience designs. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it always me now. Yeah, but I don't want to be. I don't want to gatekeep though. I don't want to be too like picky. Someone delivered a presentation to my um <laughs> to my team today about LinkedIn. You know, optimizing your LinkedIn uh, presence and everything. There was like on every slide there was a slight. Graphic that was about a millimeter off compared to the top one, and I was like, "What are you doing? You're in hell." Yeah, you were. I was. I had to just keep looking around and keep my eyes moving so I didn't slow yourself to wake yourself up. You're in a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, ultimately, well done to the team for putting this together. And I do just want to say, I I love that we played it and enjoyed it enough so that we can say. The developers who put their heart and soul into this into this game did do a good job, and damn the people who rushed them to flake everything 
make everything, just yeah, ruin everything, sure. the other bits, really. So, yeah. So thanks for listening, yeah. uh, everybody. It's been really good to uh, see you again, and uh, we'll probably catch you next time on the uh, Rollback Podcast. <laughs> yeah, cool. Don't know where that come from. <laughs> Mosquito punk. Yeah, Night City. All right, there. Night City. <laughs>